We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back on WWL, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak here on Sports Talk. And before we get into some of the Saints chatter from today, (laughs) I know you had... A little more on LSU basketball you wanted to touch on before we got into football. Well, I, I do just find, like, if when you look back at kind of the Will Wade era of LSU men's basketball, it's kind of fascinating because I think we, like, the way that everything kind of developed, you kind of lose track of the fact that Will Wade had an incredibly successful <laughs> run as the LSU men's basketball coach. You can talk about recruiting violations, whatever. I think when you kind of drill down on it, he was doing the same thing that a lot of programs were doing. And you look at like what's going on with the NIL now, and it's like, would it have been an issue if you went through a collective and gave Javante Smart a ton of money to come to LSU? Because that's kind of what's going on right now anyway, right? Yeah. So like, and, I, and this isn't throwing any shade at Matt McMahon, but you look at a program that has lost, lost nine games in a row, and then you kind of go back and it's like, yeah, they made the NCAA tournament under Will Wade three times in four years. The only time they didn't was when there wasn't a tournament. And I, I don't even know. I could have to go back. I think they probably would have made it that year. That year, two of those times he didn't even coach in the NCAA tournament because of the recruiting stuff. And one of those years they went to the Sweet Sixteen, right? And so you can talk about yeah, Nas Reed, Trayvon Waters, whatever. All these these kind of issues with the recruiting. I don't care who you recruit. Like he turned LSU into a competent NCAA men's basketball team, but he's remembered as this kind of like oh gosh, Will Wade, whatever. Like, he was a good coach. A wild card, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, whether people like him internally yeah. is another question. But, like, I think it's, like, it's really, really interesting because if you just look at the raw numbers, he was a very successful <laughs> coach for LSU from the jump. And then you kind of, like, and Johnny Jones was not. And then you went to Will Wade and suddenly you're competing. And then now you're back and you're losing nine games. It's just kind of interesting to me how, like, he's going to be like, kind of washed from LSU history in terms of what he oh, was. Oh, for sure. But he actually did field some very good basketball teams. Well, what's going what's gonna to happen now is, you know, how much of a leash is McMahon, you think, going to be given? Um, I know much wasn't expected year one from this LSU men's team. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it definitely not looking good right now. They've been just abysmal in SEC play. And... Yeah, I mean, I understand like a lot of folks probably missing that that fire that Will Wade brought to the court and to the team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much people actually miss Will Wade, the personality. His, his, right? his, he was fun to watch though on the sidelines. He was entertaining. So, yes, exactly. I'll give right. You that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of like Dan Hurley from UConn in the sense that like I'm pretty sure he gets bad calls in games <laughs> because he's just mean to people on the court, and it's like, guy, guy <laughs> calm down. Or the refs are just going to be mad at you the whole game, and that's not going to help your case. Anyway, that's just my rant because, like, LSU was was a was a contender for four seasons. Right. They are not right now. No, and so you you made that decision. Like you made that decision, and the NCAA kind of made it for you. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of fascinating when you look back at it how it all developed. Big news from the Senior Bowl while we were in commercial oh, break, Jeff. Yes. Tajay Spears, Tulane Green Wave running back, the practice. Player of the week. I had no idea that was an award. It almost sounds like an insult, <laughs> right? Like you know, you're, you're, oh yeah, he's the 
training camp MVP, right? Like, he'll <laughs> oh, say we love that to do that, guys. right? Exactly. Right? And it's like, yeah, but he doesn't do anything in the games, uh, so it's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, I was out there uh, for a couple days for those practices, and he he genuinely was. I mean, like, he was that good. And I've decided that because I want the Saints to draft him, I'm going to stop talking about Tajay Spears because <laughs> I think that's the only positive thing I can do at this point to, in the sense of getting the, him onto the Saints is not actively raising his value. <laughs> in it's, terms it of definitely seems to be, you know, one of those with the arrow going straight up, not yeah. even like a little bit of a climb. Yeah. It's been really eye-opening this week on how many people seem to just be discovering him at least. Yeah, and it's, it is kind of funny because, like, you saw what he did to USC. Absolutely, right. right. <laughs> but it's still USC. It's a Pac-12 school. He played in the AAC where it's like, okay, you're going against Cincinnati. You're going against UCF. These are, if anything, not great defenses, right? Like, you'll see some really great offenses in the American Athletic Conference, but not defense. And so you do have to wonder, right? How is he going to hold up when he gets in and he's compared to, you know, these SEC running backs and these Big Ten running backs? But – I mean, you see him out there next to those other guys, and he just looks he looks better. There was three running backs at the Senior Bowl that I was impressed with. One was Evan Hall, Northwestern, Chase Brown, Illinois, and Tajay Spears was, I wouldn't say head and shoulders above them. Those three were head and shoulders above everybody else, and Tajay Spears was at the top of that list. Um, and I was, I was impressed. I did not expect him or Dorian Williams to look as good as they did. But, you know, they, they are out there, and they're, they're just as good as anyone on that field. How was your time at the Senior Bowl? Pretty good weather, right? It was weird. It was really hot on Tuesday. It was like 75 and muggy and everyone sitting in the stands getting sunburned in the, in the, at the end of January. And then the next day it was like 40 degrees and cold. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a good time. You know, there's always some really good practices there. The Saints obviously have four coaches on the field, right. which is kind of fascinating to look at. Um, it, we, every one of them was asked, you know, how valuable is this? And they were like, oh, oh, it's incredibly valuable. And that's why... I put together a list of the the players that I was looking at the closest, and it went by, okay, which position coaches are coaching these players? Because I guarantee you there's going to be at least one player picked that a Saints position coach was – or that a Saints coach was leading that position, right? So Declan Doyle was leading the tight ends. I can't remember for which team. I think it was – the national team because yeah it was the national team because it was the first practice uh dj williams was leading the quarterbacks for the american team and Corey robinson was leading the the safeties for the national team so like if you look at those groups yeah i i would put money on the fact that one player from at least you know those groups is going to get drafted by the saints just because they know so much about them and it's such an such an advantage to have that information I think you're doing a great job. Uh, I guess uh, we're, we're vibing because you're reading my mind. I was going to go spilling right next into the quarterback position there. We can talk about, obviously, there's been news of Derek Carr, but sticking with the Senior Bowl, was there any interactions with uh, Hendon Hooker at all? Did you get to? Did you guys get to talk to him, or is that strictly just for the coaches? I mean, he was he was around doing interviews. Okay. I, I mean, I, you'll find some on YouTube. I wasn't able to catch up with him. Gotcha. There was, I mean, there was a lot to – to kind of take in, right? You're trying to work your way around. We get about 10 minutes after every practice to go out on the field and kind of catch players as they're going around. You know, Ali Gay was there from LSU. Jay Ward was there. Obviously, you got the two Tulane kids and then all the assistants. Um, so I, I wasn't able to catch up with Hendon, but he was doing interviews. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he sat down with the Saints. And it is interesting because you saw six quarterbacks on the field, and I didn't come away impressed with any of them. 
any right. more than like, yeah, these these are kind of their ceiling is probably backup quarterback in the NFL. You're talking about fifth, sixth, seventh round picks or UDFAs. But the guy who's not on the field is probably the most intriguing. Um, you know, like Max Duggan, uh, you know, yeah. these are guys who they're win. He's a winner. You know, these are guys who you'll say the word moxie there you go, about, right. right? Like, and whenever you have to say moxie, it's usually not a good sign. Um, Although I heard that about Breeze, so I guess maybe not. But I hear you. That's like yeah, he's the exception to every rule. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm like Johnny Manziel and uh, what you might call it, uh, Baker Mayfield. That the, the yes. moxie. I heard, definitely I heard came the word moxie him. used to describe Baker Mayfield this season. <laughs> Who, who who knows? That's like a a, a term that I guess it, it it just seems to be a football term though. It's a term used to uh, to describe someone who shouldn't be good at something that somehow is, and it's like <laughs> is that, we is can't that the come technical up, definition yes, of moxie. We can't come up with a reason why they're better than they should be, but they they there's this word that we can say. It almost sounds like like a soda. Um, yeah, and so I'm not. Like, I don't want to trash any of the quarterbacks that are on the field, but I, there's just clear limitations. Like, Jaron Hall is probably the highest ceiling of that group. Right, they're not your early-round talents. Yeah, BYU, you know, he might be a fourth, fifth-round pick if a team really falls in love with him. But, you know, he's 24 years old because that's what happens when you come out of BYU, right? You're older. Um, it's tough. But Hendon Hooker is also 24 years old, right? Like, he's an older player, and he's coming off an ACL, so you're talking – you know, maybe 27 years old by the time he starts in the NFL, if he does. So that's, you know, that's a tight window. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of people in Saints land, in Saints mock draft universe, have fallen in love with Hendon Hooker. And it's almost seemed like they've they've gotten more confident about him since he tore his knee up, which is odd to me. Um, but it's if you go around Twitter, everyone is on the Hendon Hooker train. And I, I'm not sure I'm convinced yet. Right. Um, but I, I'd like to see him at least work out this off season before I before I make any determinations there. Well, we were doing our podcast yesterday, Inside Black and Gold. You brought up a great point that, and, and I've been really stewing on it. The fact that if the Saints are really that enamored with Hendon Hooker, that's going to be the twenty ninth overall pick. They're not going to wait till the second round to grab him because of the risk of not getting quote unquote your guy. And we heard even Jeff Ireland talk about that about the aggressiveness. Darts, right. right you're exactly. Not throwing darts. And that's something that, you know, I've gotten into arguments with people on Twitter about this. And it's like when you're talking about quarterbacks, either he's the guy or he's not. You are not if you identify a quarterback, so say if the Saints fall in love with Hendon Hooker right. and they're like, this is the guy that we think is going to be our next franchise quarterback, you are not saying, oh, he's going to still be on the board at 40. So we're not going to take him at 29. You're going to take him at 29 because you've decided he's your franchise quarterback, and if you decide that about any quarterback, you're taking him with your first pick. Yeah. Um, now, there are obviously exceptions, right? You can look at the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts. You can look at Drew, uh, you know, the, the Chargers taking Drew Brees. It's kind of a weird example, but like the Chargers gave up on Drew Brees at the first opportunity. The Eagles had Carson Wentz, right? Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick. They had Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. So you're drafting behind guys. Right, so you can take shots in the middle of rounds, and maybe you strike gold. If you're a team that doesn't have a quarterback, and you are drafting based on the evaluation that he is your next starter for the next ten years, then you better make sure you get him. It's the same reason, like the Chiefs. You know, I think if you go back on Twitter to 2017, there were people saying, "Man, the Chiefs gave up way too much to go up and get Pat Mahomes. They could have waited and got him at 27." Well, no, you probably couldn't. I no, guarantee definitely not. You right, exactly. Uh, and so, like. 
when it comes to drafting a quarterback, you are not playing games with value. You are either you are getting your guy or you're not. If you do not think that he is worth picking at 29, you're not going to just suddenly take him at 40 because you have decided that he is not that guy. Okay? Like that's that's my take here. So like and if they if they don't decide he's that guy, then it's like you're taking two picks. Neither of them are Hendon Hooker. You know, like Tanner McKee is a guy that no one seems to be talking about. Right. He's been um, popping up on my mock draft simulator that yeah, I've been doing. Yeah, and he's <laughs> he's another – like everyone is in love with Hendon Hooker, and I understand why. But, like, you have to go and you have to look at the offense he was playing in and understand, like, it is not a pro-style offense. <laughs> like, you're talking about these wide splits. If you go back and watch a Tennessee game, and you will literally see wide receivers lined up <laughs> on the edge of the field, like on the sideline. And then they're just going to, like, sprint in on, like, wide slants. And so you're just, like, picking one and throwing it. Like, that is not necessarily profiling to the NFL. So you have to look at the intangibles around that. And that's not something that the average NFL viewer is going to be able to do. It's not something that I can do particularly well. I never played quarterback. I'm not a quarterback evaluator. But I can appreciate that like success in that system does not equate to success in the NFL. So I think there's, there's a lot to be learned when he starts working out for NFL teams and you start putting him through drills that are designed to take him out of that comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, everything I've heard from Hooker, obviously, he's got the size, he's got the yeah. arm strength, he's an and he's got that commanding personality. He's that, that leader in your huddle and in the locker room. So, I mean, you, you would hope you're getting that, though, with the quarterback. Yeah, he's also 24, so you better be emotionally <laughs> mature. <laughs> you, know, you don't have much time to gain that. Um, but, yeah, like I, I have questions about his footwork. I have questions about some, his accuracy. If you go back and watch that Georgia game, you're, he missed a lot, of, a lot of potential big plays on those throws. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. Like, I'm not out on him either. But, like, I'm not going to pretend that, like, he's a sure thing because I don't think he is. Want to hear from you, Saints, Pelicans, LSU basketball, women's, men's. We will talk it all here on Sports Talk. Me and Jeff Nowak, 4 to 7 on WWL, 870 AM, 105.3 FM, and com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.